Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, everybody? It's episode 56 here of the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He, of course, is Sean Salisbury. we got a lot to talk about today. NCAA Tournament Sweet 16 starts today. We had some big upsets. We got some teams sneaking into the Sweet 16 as lower seeds. We got NFL free agency. Aaron Rodgers has made a decision. Now, when will that trade happen? I don't know. Uh, we got some other athletes on the trade or NFL players on the trade block. We got the NFL draft. Get more into the Jalen Carter situation. Does he fall? Some are saying he's still a top five pick. Some are saying he could be picked in the teens. We'll discuss that. And then the WBC, the World Baseball Classic. We had a great finish. We had the at bat that everybody wanted to see, except for one person, which we'll talk about later in the show. And then we had another superstar injured in his game, and he will now miss months. We will get into that as well. But as always, Sean, before we get to March Madness, we're brought to you by Bet Online. Sure are, bud. It's good to be with you today. And Bet Online reminds you that your number one source, that they are your number one source for college basketball betting this season. Uh, get analysis and every play, uh, prop, and point at Bet Online. Why? Uh, you'll find the latest odds, bracket uh, contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. BetOnline.ag. Online uh, updated odds for everything from live games, conference championships, right through to the Final Four and the championship game, which is right around the corner. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. That's BELIEVE. It's betonline.ag where the game starts. All right, Sean. March Madness. We each have two Final Four teams of the teams we picked on the show last week. We each have two left, and they happen to be on opposite sides of the brackets. On the left side, I have Alabama left and I have Kansas State left. My two teams are gone from the right side, but you have Houston and UCLA. So we kind of make our own Final Four with the teams we have left. Um, I lost Indiana, and and they sucked in their game against Miami. That was just yeah, I was downright putrid. Yeah. yeah, and then I lost TCU, who, in my opinion, should have beat Gonzaga. I thought they played really well in that game. Just Gonzaga played really well as as well, and I, I just thought that they should have won. And then you lost Marquette, Marquette, and Purdue, not Purdue, Marquette, Arizona, and, uh, University of Arizona, who lost right from the get go. So yeah, Arizona lost to Princeton in round one by four. Um, that was one of the major upsets. Purdue, the second one seed to fall. Now uh, they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson, who then yep. went on to lose to FAU. Um, but Purdue goes down, and then Virginia was also a top-four seed that got beat by Furman, who Virginia is just one of those teams. If they don't win the national championship, they don't make it out of the first weekend. Yeah, you're not kidding. They're just something about They don't – you know, they score more. They're, they're obviously known for their defense and methodical mm-hmm. play under, under Bennett, but Tony Bennett, but they just did not play well. And if they're not knocking down shots and they've run into somebody who can handle their defense and, and tempo, meaning their slower tempo, they're in trouble and – they uh they ran into somebody who was just better on that day and played up tempo was more physical and mm-hmm. and took care of their business and when you do that you saw some of the from FAU to even though 
and with uh, Princeton still in it, teams that are lower seeds that are more physical than people think, and they get rolling and knock down a shot. I hate the phrase playing on house money because these two, mm-hmm. you never know when you, well, this is Princeton's first visit ever yep. to the Sweet 16. So I don't call it house money. To these guys, it means everything. What it does do, though, is free them up to say, one is we belong because we've now won two games in this thing. And you get hot, play a little deep, I mean, play some defense and make your free throws. You got a chance to win in these. And if you didn't believe it, all you got to do is look around at all the teams, even the ones that higher seeds that won that struggled, Houston. I mean, in order for them to get out against Auburn, they're down 10 at half. It's a 27 point swing in the second yeah. from halftime to the end of the game. So you, you, you saw, you know, it happens on a regular basis. And so that's why you got to give some of these. See, I mean, we got the Zags in UCLA and, and what's the game? I mean, the two and three seed in both sides of the bracket that are the late games on Thursday and Friday tonight, and tomorrow, but th- that's why Michigan State, for instance, it's a Tom Izzo team. 15 of these Sweet 16 since he's the coach. He is Mr. March. Sags, we talked about it. You know how I feel about the guy. He's Mike. He, I think he's as good as we've ever had when it comes to March and getting his team to play. Mm-hmm. They'll play physical. If they can score some points, you know they're going to play physical and they're going to bang on you. And you can blink and they may take Kansas State and, and beat them, although Kansas State is is – for the, they're the best team nobody talked about outside yeah. of the Big Twelve the entire Agreed. season, but it just it just goes to show you that they're the upsets aren't done, or should I say, the lower seeds are not done beating the the higher seeds, meaning the seeds that are better in their point spread. You know, because a couple of those games are just pickums, a buck and a half points wise. So you go to bet online and bet those. But we're in for one hell of a Sweet Sixteen. I think it's been a blast tournament. And the ratings have been through the roof. Yeah, CBS. It, it, it's been a really fun, fun. I mean, it was from the first game on Thursday. It, it was fun. So uh, Kansas, one seed. We, You know, this is the one year you didn't pick them, and rightfully so. They lose to a really good Arkansas team that I think is dangerous. Oh, Arkansas can defend. They've got players that are not their stars. It's not Nick Smith. It's not the big point guard who I'm now, uh, Anthony Black. It's neither of them two. It's the other guys stepping up and making big-time plays for them in both their games against Illinois and against Kansas. They are a very dangerous team that now is going to face UConn, who's playing well. But, I mean, you tell me Arkansas wins that game. I'm not shocked at all. You tell me right now with the way they're playing, Arkansas is in the Final Four. I'm not shocked at all. Defense, energy, when they're going well, they can score, and Musselman can coach. Mm-hmm. Sags, you think where he's been in the past, I mean, when, remember when he was at Nevada and had them yep. playing well. Musselman can coach, obviously good DNA in the family. I, I Listen, if Arkansas wins, do not you, you should not be shocked. Now, right. I'm, not, I'm talking about just to get to the eight and do it because – and he plays and coaches them with so much energy. They hang around. We're, I, I think we're in for a hell of a – I don't know what the biggest upset's going to be, but I can tell you this. For instance, if Michigan State wins this game against K-State, to me, even though Kansas State – I don't consider it that big an upset considering right. March chops and what Michigan State Izzo has been all about. But you're right. I love that team. Listen, if you're the University of Houston and you play the first half against like you did against Auburn, you're not going to get a chance to turn it around 27 points against Miami. No. You and I both know that. So that's a dangerous situation. It goes up and down. I can't wait to see UCLA and the Zags get it on. I think that's going to be a blast. I, re- I really do. Um, 
and you know the, the when it comes to physical, nasty, and will defend you and be in your face and can be as Mick Cronin's basketball teams were like that at Cincinnati. Yeah, they're going to be like that now. And UCLA kind of looks like the UCLA of old sakes. I mean, the the, the Bruins that you kind of you know the, a blue blood program that's not playing like white collar team Mick Cronin will have those guys up and down the court and and contesting you and being physical with you every single possession yeah it really sucks that they lost Jalen Clark because he was oh my gosh defender no question the fact that they're still alive and doing it says something for Mick Cronin and what his team's done yeah definitely and you know we we thought you talked about you hit real quick on Houston kind of being disappointing except for that second half there um in, in that last game but the team that I mean hasn't had any pro- Alabama. They just it's been rolling. too easy for them, man. They've created. They're just rolling. Ugh. Brandon Miller is playing really well. I mean, they just have so much talent. They're so long too when when oh they're out gosh. there. I mean, Brandon Miller can play one through five at his size, and it seems like they have all those guys out there except for the little point guard. And right. he really, I mean, it's just they are so good. And Nate Oates has them playing. I don't know if it's they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, which I mean, I hope they don't use that phrase, but they are playing to show people that it doesn't matter what goes on. We're going to go out there and we're going to beat your ass any night of the week. Yeah. And if people who didn't see, you know, you're thinking, well, okay, let's say people didn't watch a lot of Alabama basketball during the regular season because you think it's a football program and you're trying to buy in and you finally realize that they may be the best team most people saw all year long. From start to finish, they are loaded with skill set. If you don't know now, you haven't been watching. But Brandon Miller himself, I know all the off-the-court stuff, which is far more important than the life stuff, but just focusing on he's going to finish this tournament, he's going to play in it, and X's and O's and the way they play. If you wanted to see just what NBA scouts love, on the defensive end last game, he goes up, pins a shot against the backboard, and was gold, makes a great block, comes out of it, gets on transition, gets down to the other end, they kick him to a they they kick out to a three and he knocks down the three, all in the same. So he's playing both ends. He he's got rise in his game. He can get to the rim. There's a reason why these scouts are like, wow. He's got the wow factor, and Alabama's had it, even though you know they're not a blue blood foot. I mean basketball program. They are playing like the national championship, and they're leaving no doubt in their games who the best team on the floor is the first two rounds. Yeah, it's crazy to think that as good as Brandon Miller's playing that most years he'd be the number one pick. He'd at least oh, be in yeah. the discussion this year. Obviously we know that Victor Wembanyama is going to be the guy you're, you're not going to pass on that guy who could be, you know, we always use the term a unicorn when it comes right. to the NBA, but you know, he's going to be in that number two discussion with, with some of these other kids that are playing in that overtime elite league and whatever that whole situation is, the G league right. and all right. that. But Brandon Miller's really damn good. And I know everyone's <clears throat> wanting to say Zach Eadie's national play of the year, national averaging what 22 and 14 or whatever he's averaging. Brandon Miller's the best player in the country. I, oh, yeah. I don't want to say hands down, but I, there's a little bit of a gap in my opinion between him, Zach Eadie. Now Zach Eadie might've had the best season statistically and all that, but Brandon Miller is the best player. Yeah, And she, you saw why she was a national player of the year last year as mm-hmm. we rolled through. On the, I mean, you know, eight twenty-five rebounds, eighteen rebounds, scoring. You can see why that guy was mentioned last year. He's one hell of a player. You mentioned Edie. We obviously know that 
that uh, in my for the, the guy I see on both sides, the most he may not win National Player of the Year, meaning Brandon Miller, but the NBA scouts are going to take him ahead of those guys you just named. There's no question about it. So there's a lot of good players, but no better than that freshman in Alabama when it comes to parlaying out what you think they're going to look like in the NBA and getting paid for it. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the guys that were drafted last year. Uh, Paulo Banquero, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith there in Houston. I mean, you put Brandon Miller in that draft, in that group. To me, for the NBA, I like and Bancaro's been awesome. Everyone's Very similar players that can handle the ball, right? Six, but Brandon Miller, to me, is he's made. He was built for the NBA right now. I mean, just the style of play that body the NBA Body type plays. like Tracy McGrady, too, right, Sigs? Yes, kind of a, yes. A, a similar body type, um, uh, even, a, even a Vince Carter body type, but better shooter. Than, mm-hmm. than, than Vince. I mean, you know, just the way he gets – and, you know, he's got those hops and he can attack the rim. He can pull up. And I love the fact that he keeps showing up on getting some defensive stops. And the kid's still learning how to play basketball. Crap, right. what, 18 years old, 19 yep. years old, whatever it is. Seg. So, yeah, you, you look at he does. He's got that frame that's sinewy, but you know he can put muscle on. That's what I'm saying when I say the frame. And that he's, he's a guy who can play more than one position on both ends. It's just – it's going to be hell if you need him to run the point for you. You run the point because yeah. he's got good handle. So he he's a guy who the versatility is has got to be making these NBA scouts mad. I, he not if he's not the second, first or second pick, which he's probably not going to be the first pick because of what you mentioned. But if he ain't second, he ain't going to be fourth. I can tell you that he's going to be in the first three picks. I would yeah, imagine if they're the, lucky, and somebody may get a wild hair and take him first. You never know. The the crazy thing is, you know, I've been kind of. This is about the time with the NCAA tournament and stuff. You kind of, I start peeking at mocks and what people are thinking. Oh, yeah. The NBA. I, some people have him going fifth because there's these twins that are in the, in the, I think they play with the overtime elite. Um, they do. That are, are, I mean, six, seven point guard and a six, eight, you know, shooting guard, small forward. And, and, and it makes you wonder little... if anything that went off off the feet, off the court sags will, oh, will, will definitely affect something for him to drop definitely. a few slots because they wonder they just they wonder what'll happen. But I can there's tell you there's a this, lot of talent in this draft. Right. Well, yes, and if that if that kid's the fifth or sixth or seventh best player in this draft or that they're gonna be drafted, then we're in for one hell of a run with the guys <laughs> yeah. in front of him. I can tell you that. Definitely. All right, let's jump over to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers says he plans on being a jet next year. Uh, we're still waiting on a move to be made to make that final. Uh, he did come out of his darkness. He said that he was 90% sure he was going to retire. Uh, he also said a lot of other things. First question, are you sick of Aaron Rodgers yet? Second question, what do you think of him in New York with the Jets? First off, I'm absolutely sick of the the constant. Bang- I feel like this has been a perpetual, like on a treadmill for like four years now. And not doing this is I get 100%, and I would have too, if I was the Green Bay Packers, I would have moved on, and I wouldn't have even questioned it. I mean, I would have done what they did. It is time to make the switch. Now, does that mean I don't like Rodgers, don't think he's a hell of a player? Not at all. But sometimes the headache for one maybe becomes the tra- becomes a treasure for somebody else. And I guarantee you the Jets haven't had a talent like this since Joe Namath. I'm talking about pure throwing the football, and you and I both know it. Favre was good at this stage. At this end, I would say 
Rodgers maybe a little better than Favre at this age right now. Segs are close. You what know, about Chad Pennington? Chad, close, close. Maybe not quite as gifted throwing. <laughs> I the mean, football I don't know. That, that arm, arm strength was just huge. a hunch. <laughs> just a hunch. Don't leave out Sanchez, my Trojan. Okay, let's not stop it. Joe, Joe Flacco. Okay, slow down. But they get a like a great talent, and I think he'll. <laughs> Sigs, I think it's going to like marinate for him that he wants to prove to the world that he's still got game and a lot of it, right? And they're going to, he has some weapons. Hell, the Jets were pretty damn good last year. They were good quarterback play away from being a playoff team. And so right. they're going to get, if I'm the Packers, I'd have done the same thing because I'm tired of it too. And I think it's time to find out about Jordan Love. And I, I would imagine players are tired of the, in the front office of the, the yo yo that Aaron Rodgers puts you through. There's, there's a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I think craves the, the, the there's a, the, the diva part, and this is not mean to Rod. I'm just being dysfunctional. Right. There's that he'll let you know he doesn't care about any of the stuff around, but you know he cares about it because he always does this and holds everybody. The attention comes to him, and he knows it's going to come to him, and that's okay. It doesn't make him a bad guy. It just makes it that I would have moved on to at this stage. It's time to find out, and I don't think they were going to win a Super Bowl with Rodgers next year. So I'm going to see what Jordan Love does leadership wise. And I think the the Jets will be better, but the gauntlet's far tougher in the AFC than it is in the NFC right now. The part that annoys me is he comes out and before he told, he talked to the Jets, hadn't made the decision yet, but he told them, I want Alan Lazard. Jets went out and got Alan Lazard. I want Randall Cobb. They're supposedly talking to Randall Cobb, have not made that signing yet. They did just sign McCole Hardman from the Chiefs, the deep threat. Uh, they do have Garrett Wilson, who's one of the best young wide receivers in the game. Yeah, he's going to be a monster, wasn't yes. he? Sex, did he win Offensive Rookie of the Year this year? Or, 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 uh, did he, did he? he was up for it. I don't for remember it, right. who okay. won. One I of the finalists, at least, right? Yeah, yes. I never pay attention to who actually wins those things, but um, they, they got still have Corey Davis, who's a, just a good veteran, kind of red zone guy now. Um, you know, he's way overdrafted by the Titans you know, however many years ago and Agreed. has found his way to New York, but there is some talent there. The problem is you have the Buffalo bills in that same division and you have the Miami dolphins in that same division and Miami. If two of us can stay healthy for the whole year, I mean, they can challenge the bills in my opinion, and they're still a hep, a step above the jets, even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I would. That's how good that roster is in Miami that they can compete there with Buffalo. Oh, Oh, I'm going to tell you, regardless, if they get their co, you know, with the things they work out, you're not going to ever quit on a Bill Belichick team. I mean, right. And exactly, exactly. They they may end up being the worst team in the division, but they're going to beat, they're they're going to take, they're going to beat these teams at Mm -hmm. some point this year. They they just are. Whether that means you win seven games, but win twice or three times in your division, Belichick will, I mean, you're not going to run away and hide. He's going to, they'll compete and put you through a game. So it's a brutal division, but I am, I think it's good for the Packers to move on, get yourself the assets and and figure out when for the Jets what Aaron's going to take money-wise and what would you give up for him if if you're the Jets knowing everything you know being like we're the only team he'll go to if not he may retire and cost the Packers more money if he retires because the dead cap would be insane. They play, right? Yeah, so um if you're the Jets are you saying I'm no not way giving in hell am I giving once. Him? Are you given a number one if, if you're the Jets? I mean, well, why would if there you? Was a, if there was a clause in the contract that guaranteed me that Aaron Rodgers was going to play minimum of two years and maybe mm-hmm. three from him, I'm talking about where he doesn't right. turn and walk on me. But if you're the so, so if you're the Jets, you got to like, well, wait a minute, man. What, what are we getting out of this 
there's no way in hell Aaron Rodgers or not. If they ask, if 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 somebody, if you're if you're getting Aaron Rodgers and you're going to give up two number ones, I think you're probably walking on eggshells the whole time. You don't want to coach or perform that way. If you're the Packers, you're not getting two number ones from me. Uh, a, a number one, maybe, depending on if you feel that's the only way the deal gets done, Segs, if that's the only way. If you're the Packers, you have to take it. So I'm thinking a, a high first or second round, I mean, a, a first or second round pick coupled with a player and or another draft pick that may be contingent on him coming back and how how they finish. But there's no way in hell, even as good as he is, these assets and the rest, I'm not giving away two first rounders to get to Aaron Rodgers, not yeah. knowing that he's not going to do the same shit to me that he did to the Packers, meaning the Jets, the Packers. So if you're the Jets, you're going to offer as low as you can. If you're the Packers, you're going to hold them hostage and say, you know what, we want two number ones until the breaking point. But you're when it gets done, the truth is, how, how what kind of cards? We already know the Packers want to move on, Segs. And you can't assure long distance or long time at the Jets with Rodgers with the way he does this. If you're the Packers, I, you really don't hold all the cards. Because you imagine if this fell through and they said, well, we'll just bring him back. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I but mean, if you're yeah. the Jets, get out of the buddy business, the Lafleur, Sala. You know, you got to get out of the buddy business and then make a business decision. I will not be shocked that they give up a number one pick for him. I will not be shocked. But I, 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 I would not give up a, a, a multiple picks if one's included. I, I think an interesting thing just happened with the Jets. They traded Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, to Cleveland yes. with like the 75th pick or something like that for the 42nd pick. So Didn't I think, they think Elijah Moore was going to be part of the deal to go to Green Bay? When that that was the, the talk sex? at one point, yeah. yeah. But so they make that trade. I'm wondering if 42 goes this year to Green Bay, and then mm-hmm. you have a conditional pick that if Rodgers plays another year, you get the Jets' first-round pick next year. And then if not, you either get a second or a third, however you want to construct and, it. But and, that's and, the and way I'm they get okay their first-round pick. I'm, I'm, that's I'm what okay I would do if that. I was the Jets. Right. Now, if you're the Jets and you want to get it done, <laughs> but listen, it's the old buy low, sell high. I got to pay a lot of money to the guy. I'm bailing you out for him not costing you. Mm-hmm. I know you want to move on, meaning the Green Bay Packers. If you're the Jets, knowing all these things, it's like, let's just do this smart. I'm not going to mortgage my franchise for Aaron Rodgers for, for one year because the chances year. of us winning a Super Bowl next year are, I don't want to say none, but they're slim for them to get going. So, you know what, two or three years and you hope they're in that kind of run and Rogers is capable of it, but I can't give up two first round picks and I can't give up. If I did give up a number one segs, it stops there. I'm not giving you yeah. anything else. No, yeah, no. I mean, you don't get, especially this year. Cause condi- right. It's 13. I mean, that's right. a good, really yeah, good. No, pick. No, I'm not, not giving that up. 13th pick. I would agree. Not yeah, doing it. So. Whether the Jets do or not, listen, these franchises make some wild ass decisions, Sags. Yeah, they do. Maybe they do because they're such a desperate franchise for that position. But uh, you're going to have to beg, borrow, cheat, steal for that one if you're talking to me and I'm the Jets. But if you're the Packers, hold out as much as you can, get what you can. But I wouldn't hold hostage too long and then get on with your business and get your team set for 2023. For sure. For sure. All right, let's jump to the NFL draft. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but let's get in more of this Jalen Carter thing. You know, we have where he gets in trouble for racing, two people die, and suppose he was not the cause of the wreck, and he has now pleaded that out, and he'll serve one year probation. 
there in Georgia and do some community service, pay a big fine and, and that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of talk that he could go five. He could go still go three to Arizona. He could go 15. I mean, I don't know. That's a huge gap of right. where he could go. And not only that, he struggled at his pro day. He was out of shape, came over nine pounds heavier, which we talked about a little bit. Overall, what are your thoughts now that we've gotten a few days away from the pro day? And and this is where you always got to caution people because a lot of people, oh, he gained nine pounds in two weeks, and we don't know what he's going through with this whole situation. And, you know, maybe he's one of those guys that gets a little stressed and eats. I mean, people do that a lot. What do you think about him? Where do you think he should go? And the thing I was going to say, you got to tell people, tape is still really the thing that matters. And on yeah. tape at Georgia, this dude was a fucking monster. Stags, let me tell you something. First off, you're exactly right. And put it this way. If Jalen Carter isn't emotionally struggling through some of this right now and whatever, dealing with stress, then I'd, I'd question his humanity. Yes. After what happened. So, while I'm saying I'm going to cut him slack, there's there's a somewhat of a hall pass that I'm I'm assuming he's not going to show up 40 pounds overweight. Okay, right. for for if if even like if teams have what the top 30 they want to come visit, I'm I'm assuming Jalen Carter understands the finances that are involved with this and where it goes. That's number one. Two is tape. You took the words right out of my mouth. Just watch him play. The question is, did he take does he take off more plays than he plays? And I would think that Kirby Smart will give you that answer. You'd dive deep into his position, coach, if you're a team, and you talk to the head coach, say, how does he practice? What kind of teammate? All those things. Heck, his line mate. You go to him and ask them. I would. You're investing that kind of money, that kind of pick. I need to know everything I need to know. While, while there may be a couple teams that pass on him, Sags, I can tell you this. Talent like his, you may drop a little bit, but eventually they're not going to let you drop a lot. They're just not. Right. I even look at the Texans. What if he dropped to 12 and there was another, there's edge rush. I'm not passing on. He's not getting there. I don't believe for one second he's getting out of the top 10. <clears throat> okay. So we got to, uh, to me, you know, when you start to creep around six or seven, we've about extended the limitations on how far this dude's going to drop. Cause there is argument depending on who needed what, that this guy could have been the first pick of this draft. So do I think it affected him? Sure. Do I think that you the if, if if the Twitter world has any social media has anything to do it? Well, the guy's done. He's going to drop out late in the first round. That's not happening because these guys know head coaches and front offices know their jobs on the line, right? And if they think this guy's so talented, that's the aberration. I guess it depends on what you think the aberration is. The aberration that he wore your ass out on the field in full eleven on eleven, or the aberration is that now that is he's going into the draft, he's going to be a fat and lazy guy who's not going to give you all the effort. I'm going to choose the former instead of the latter that say he probably needs some maturity and he's going to probably mm -hmm. need a swift kick in the ass once in a while. But the talent with these guys, even if he drops a couple slots because of what happened off the field, and that's real life stuff. And he gained a few pounds. That's real life stuff. But if they know from his Georgia coaching staff and what they've seen on tape between five and eight, he ain't getting it. I, I don't see him going any farther than that because the temptation on talent stakes is so big that you'd have a hard time because they know he can wreck a game. Yes. And hell, he damn near wreck a season if he wants to, if he's, if he plays like that. So I don't have him getting outside the top 10. If he drops a few, few picks fine, but somebody's going to look at it and say, you guys feel okay. Is he clear? We're, we're good with this now. Take that cat right there. Cause 
uh, if we if we pass on him and he goes on to be the defensive tackle named Randy Moss, who was a mm-hmm. you know becomes that guy, and then you're going to scratch your head and saying, man, Denny Green was a genius. Whoever drafted this guy, they can sift through. And you know how the ego is about front. I mean, front office people and coaches. You know what they say? Says I can fix him. Mm-hmm. He and I, he's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But do your deep dive with Kirby Smart and that staff, and then take your shots from there. But talent wise, hell, if, if you're just talking about talent wise. Five would be a, would be too low. He's yes. a very gifted right. player. Yeah, it, it's very interesting because, as we all know, I'm a Bears fan. They go to nine. A lot of talk, you know, would the Bears take him at nine? They are bringing him in for one of their top 30 visits. So they – and they – Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, uh, the assistant GM, uh, I'm blanking on his name. They all went to Athens, and they sat – they talked with Kirby Smart. They talked <laughs> with his defensive line coach. They talked with the D coordinator. They, you know, they talked – Teammates, everybody, they got, man. Yes, yeah. they got in there and did all that. The other team, I'm gonna tell you I, right now, Segs, if he gets to the Bears at nine, they'd be on crack to pass on him. Right. With the with, that's another that's a that and for a team that that the history of that franchise is dominating that side of the ball, mm-hmm. and this is a, a game wrecker. I, I wouldn't think they're gonna pass on him. I would imagine they're hoping his falls is asked to nine on them. I'm hoping. I bet you they're thinking that. The other team I want to bring up just real quick because it would be so fun and interesting to see is say the Bears did pass on them. Say they go offensive tackle because they still need a right tackle um, really bad. The Eagles at 10. They just last year took his former teammate, Jordan Davis, the big-ass dude that ran under five at, you know, 360 pounds or whatever he was last year. And they were really fun together there at Georgia. Then yeah, that's the Saints pick, right? The Saints. <laughs> yes. that's the Saints yep. pick originated. Philly so, has right. I mean, could you know Fletcher Cox is coming back? You know, Brandon Graham is still there. They still have all that talent on that defensive line. Take him. Th- those those guys take are older. Him. Oh yeah, now, take that, him. That can be the next you know decade of Jordan Davis. Well, and and Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense. I mean, yeah, come on! It, didn't they lose? What, what, who they were? The San Francisco. Why am I losing? Uh, my Javon mindset? Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave gone. And you add this, and there was talk that is Fletcher going to leave? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, brought yeah, him back on a one year deal. Super Bowl count, right? Super Bowl team that is going to be a, a bit depleted. That's just mm-hmm. the normal. That that's the the way attrition works in in football and free agency and but when and you get these type of picks like with the saints you make the trade yes and falls in the top 10 you go get elite talent no matter where it is no matter what you have if it was whoever if it was next year marvin harrison jr and you have all these wide receivers if, if it's a luxury pick you take them and, yes. and you worry about everything else later listen you're the kansas city chiefs if you all of a sudden you steal a pick somehow and Bowers falls into your lap next year. Right. You yes. take his ass, even yes. with Kelsey. Say, oh, well, you can't cover that guy. Now try to cover the next tra- Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to really beat. As a matter of fact, we're not going to play any receivers. We're going to have everybody else block. Right. It's going to be Bowers and, and it's going to be Kelsey. <laughs> and we're going to have Patrick just do his thing. The rest of you guys are screwed. So yep. I'm with you. Unless there's a glaring need, like I got two six and one. I like yeah. I, I, Anthony Munoz is in the draft at tax. And I got this guy and, and and Marvin Harrison Jr. and I I got I need both bad. Well then take that. Or if man, the temptation, I got three great receivers, but Marvin Harrison's there next year, but I don't have that position, and we're never going to get it to Marvin Harrison unless I block because I'm in Cincinnati. Okay, I completely understand. Yeah. But if you're if if you got a, a, a embarrassment of riches, 
at one position and you don't have a oh my gosh glaring if you if, need I'm a best player available guy. Yeah. I'll deal with the rest later. So yeah. I don't care who they drafted last year. If that cat's sitting there and you love him and you don't you're not saying, well, we got to go get this, then you draft him. Yes. I can always use those guys or somebody else at a later date. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. anything other than saying say, I'm a greedy ball hog when it comes to weapons. When it comes to that, yes, should you give be. me those guys. You're exactly right. You give me the if I had Chase and Jefferson on the same team and Cooper Cup, and I'm drafting, like, man, I got a Super Bowl team every year. Ooh, we're picking, and Harrison's on the board. I'll take him, too. So you guys score 40, we'll score 51 each week, and Mm -hmm. we're kicking your ass still. That's how I think as an offensive player. But on a defense, I'd think the same way if I was a head coach on the defensive side. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jumping to the World Baseball Classic, it's over. Japan gets the win over the United States. We had, you know, just – Set up like a movie. Shohei Otani comes in for the save for his. And if I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like the angels. What are you doing? Why are you letting him come in and save the game? You know, because as a White Sox fan, Lance Lynn asked Rick Hahn, the, the White Sox GM, can I go in for the save if they need me come the bottom of the ninth? And Rick Hahn was like, absolutely not. You just threw. You're not going to throw again. We, we want you for the season. You, we let you go. You did your pitching, and now let your team figure it out. The Angels told Shohei, hey, get out there. Let, go win the damn thing, and that's exactly what he did, and he well, faced his teammate, Mike Trout, right. in the final at bat. I mean, struck him out, and it, it was a fun game. Great movie, man, and the ratings were through the roof. Yep. I mean, if you're Especially talking about China that, and the crowd, Japan. Oh, the, yeah, and the crowd was energetic. Now, listening to Mark DeRosa during the interview in the game, they're mm-hmm. talking there because, listen, not only is this the greatest baseball experience of my life, and Mark played a good amount of years, mm-hmm. right? This yep. is all but his first managing game ever at any level, he says, but also the most stressful. So if you didn't think people cared, talk to the players. They all yes. care. And and as good as Lance Lynn is, if you're the angels and Otani says, oh, I, I want to save the game if I need uh, – yes, sir. Yeah. Do whatever you want. You're the best player in the world, the most unique player we've ever had in well and remember he's you. not signed long term either right so that could be your right we let you do this you come back yes and you're signing this 600 million dollar deal yeah can we get a can we also get maybe a little and i don't know what, what your 500 to 600 million what a what a home team discount means so you go from 575 to 550 million 550 yeah. million because he's going to break the bank as we well know but sags it was i mean if you're sitting there saying, like in the sixth inning when I'm watching, I'm thinking, can you imagine? You know, you start to think, yeah. can you imagine? Well, I'll damn well tell you. It was a it was a novel book. Yep. You wanted your fantasy, you got it. Teammates that respect and love each other. Probably two of the three best players in the league. You ain't getting to four without mentioning right. both Otani and Trout the last decade plus, Otani now, and Trout two still. The, I mean, with Otani going, two of the best 10 baseball players of all time. Yeah, it's All crazy, time. and 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 in your era, since you've seen him, no doubt. Yes. I'm older, so I've seen more with my naked eye, but uh, hard to argue, right? And right. so, you got a guy who throws 102. <laughs> he threw the the the, the, the 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 it gets to three and two. I mean, and then Segs, I got to tell you, Tony Gwynn, God rest his soul, Ruth, DiMaggio, Stan Musial, Ted Williams. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about guys from the left hand side. Yep. You can give me all the great right hands. Big Frank in Chicago, Mike Trout. And guess what's not happening? 
when you throw that pitch that he threw on a three-two count, there's not a soul dead or alive no. that comes out of the grave hitting that pitch. Right. And you know he missed it 102 into the dirt, but 100 Trout couldn't hit it. 100, boom, boom, foul. and then the next thing you know, that thing's late break, and it was like out of a well, it's like what you do with a wiffle ball. Yeah, it was a exactly. Whoosh, and he was like, and I sat there and say. The two best, they're going to give each other some hell in the locker room clubhouse, I'm sure, yeah. at some point in time and, and and great memories. But if you're Trout, what do you say? So, I mean, I got no you tip shot. your cap. Right. Give me a tennis racket and make it 48 inches so I can reach it. Mm-hmm. And if you're Otani, you know you have to throw your best. And he did have the luxury of first base being open with no runners. That if he right. did walk him, he still got to, the next guy, because bets before that hits into that double play, right? Right. So, listen, I – it was it was awesome and it was great to see and we didn't get cheated on the final at bat but that pitch sake I watched that pitch about four hundred times oh like, yeah get, just... get the hell out of here you expected well, me that's a fake it was like it would look fake it was so whoosh, and according break, to Chris awesome. according to Chris Russo the bat the at bat didn't really mean much it wasn't you know he saw to a who? headline that said epic at bat and he's like why is it epic Trout always strikes out and I, the fact that ESPN oh, heard, put yeah. that guy on TV. Is just insane to and me. The, the fact that MLB the, Network still has that right. guy you, do a you, show. You Shut can up, have epic segs. You can have epic, epic at bats that aren't Gibson versus Eckersley. Right, it happens. There's there's epic at bats a lot of times during a season. Yeah, there could be a lot there's, of epic at bats. Right, as <laughs> it far as this goes, it was a, it's an epic matchup. Yes, you get a guy who like will play in 130 games and still be in the top three in the MVP or win it. You get. The most unique player of all time, and quite frankly, the best we got that could win mm-hmm. could win twenty games and throw one hundred and two, and then could also, if he was just a hitter, hits at five hundred feet. I mean, what the hell you want? Okay, because it's World Baseball Classic. Would if it was an epic epic at bat? Would if in the playoffs, being the fact the Angels played three games, yeah. none for Otani, three for right. Trout that he's played in the postseason. If it was a World Series, would that have been epic? Probably for us, but to Japan. To to the Venezuela, it was everything. To it was you damn right it was. So and I'll tell you what, who doesn't want that damn matchup? Right. You tell okay, but Aaron Judge was the MVP this year and strikes out a bunch, but that that wouldn't have been an epic matchup. Of course it would have been. So to me, yes, it was epic considering the circumstances, and you may find better. But uh, congratulations to Otani. That was filthy and nasty. Yep. Congrats to Japan as well. Um, That's right. Jose Altuve broken wrist. Or broken thumb, excuse me. Two months me. minimum, say. Two, two months, months and, minimum. So you'll see I, him in late June. I, yeah, maybe I was going to say may, maybe all-star break just That's to exactly play it right. safe, assuming right. the Astros are still winning like they should. Um, that was a tough break there for the yep. Astros. But a lot of talent, they'll they'll be able to fill it. and But it's still a huge, huge loss for that Monumental. Team. It's an underrated loss if people are talking about it. Astros are yes. good, but that's – at the top of the order. That's tough. Great stuff yeah. today, brother. Yep. All right. That'll do it. Thanks to Bet Online. Thanks to Believe. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. 